Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, July 6th. July 6th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, COVID-19 infiltrates the state house as multiple members, including the speaker, test positive. And you would think during a pandemic, it wouldn't, it would, would it would be the time to put down politics and not do something so absurd and try to rip health care away from people. But we're still seeing that here in Mississippi. Another House member announces his resignation. Then we examine what comes after the flag change with the Mississippi Center for Justice. Plus, the role the Mississippi Economic Council will play in presenting a new flag design for voters. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The State Department of Health is putting the Mississippi House of Representatives on notice that it is investigating several cases of COVID-19 among chamber members. In a letter to the House, State Health Officer Thomas Dobbs told members they have potentially been exposed to the virus and recommended testing as well as a 14-day isolation period. House Speaker Philip Gunn is one of the confirmed cases. He took to Facebook Sunday to share his test results. Last week, I was in close proximity to an individual, one of our House members, who has tested positive. So I felt like I needed to go get myself tested just because I had been with this person. And this morning, I was informed that I, too, have tested positive for COVID. Now, I feel very fortunate that I don't really have uh, very many symptoms, and I feel fine, and I, I feel like I, I am one of the fortunate ones. But wanted to come before you and let you know that I am in close communication with Dr. Dobbs. I'm following his directions. I have informed everyone that I can recall that I was in close proximity with over the last week. have reached out to them and informed them. Uh, I want to make sure that they, too, can take precautions. I am going to self-quarantine for uh, the, the requisite amount of time and uh, going to do all the precautions that Dr. Dobbs has advised me to do. The legislature was active during the course of the last week, passing the historic bill to change the state flag, as well as other budgetary matters as session business drew to an end. Speaker Gunn, along with Lieutenant Governor Hoseman and others, attended the bill's signing ceremony at the governor's mansion. He also participated in a flag retiring ceremony, again with Lieutenant Governor Hoseman, with members of the Department of Archives and History. 
Cases of COVID-19 have risen sharply in the last seven days with over 5,000 new cases reported since June 28th. Dr. Thomas Dobbs has recently attributed the rise in cases to widespread community transmission, especially in high population centers. But Governor Tate Reeves suggests the spike is due to the protests against police violence and racism in early June. In a post on Twitter Sunday, Reeves said in full... Liberal media is trying to claim the increase of coronavirus was just was caused by family barbecues on Memorial Day. They completely ignore the fact that our uptick and other states began within days of massive protests all over which they celebrated. Please stay smart and safe. The incubation period for COVID-19 is approximately 14 days. The Black Lives Matter protest in Jackson occurred June 6th. The Department of Health will be doing on-site testing at the Capitol today for legislators and staff. Information regarding community testing is available at the Department of Health's website, msdh.ms.gov. As members of the House negotiate the threat of COVID within their ranks, one seat in the chamber is now vacant. District 66 Representative Jarvis Dorch submitted his resignation last week. Dorch was in the first year of his second term serving the district. He tells our Desiree Frazier a new opportunity with the Mississippi chapter of the American Civil Liberties Union allows him to pursue policy goals with a different approach. I know some of the frustration when you your focus is on progressive issues like improving our health care healthcare access in our state and our schools um, and investing more in people instead of corporations. Some of that frustration comes with um, serving in a legislature that's heavily conservative and has a Republican majority. Um, but the biggest frustration for myself and a lot of um, my colleagues on the Democratic side is just being kind of blocked out of the process and not allowed to have any input on legislation. Some of that really changed over the last few months when we've been working uh, during this COVID emergency. And um, I I hope that can continue um, after I'm gone. I hope that that process of being inclusive and hearing from different lawmakers, uh, no matter their party, I hope that's something that can continue at the legislature, at least on the House side. One issue you raised was health care and expanding Medicaid. Why should the state expand Medicaid in your estimation, and why haven't the legislature done it? Why hasn't the legislature done it? I mean, when, when, just when you look at what we've been going through the past few months, the people that we rely on, that we call essential workers, uh, folks that work at our gas stations, our grocery stores, the clerks that see us on a daily basis, those folks have gone to work and are usually not provided health insurance. And these are the people that would be covered if our state expanded Medicaid. Um, so these are these are working folks that don't have health care, uh, can't afford to go to a doctor, and they've been putting their lives on line for us because they are working. They are important to our lives, even if we want to try to ignore them. And, I, and the legislature should be looking out for them and there's no reason not to expand Medicaid when it's a financial win for the state, it's an economic win for the state, it creates jobs. Um, the only reason Mississippi is refusing and a few other states is, is just political right now. Although the Trump administration is trying to uh, end the Affordable Care Act. Yeah, and our attorney general here in Mississippi, Lynn Finch, she is also a... Uh, signed on to a lawsuit to end that um, 
in coverage, and that's about 100,000 people that do have coverage under the exchange in Mississippi. So, you know, you would think during a pandemic it wouldn't it would would it would be the time to put down politics and not do something so absurd and try to rip health care away from people, but. We're still seeing that here in Mississippi, um, and we're seeing it nationally with the Trump administration. We've seen bipartisan support to bring down the uh, state flag with the Confederate emblem that has been uh, an issue of contention for so many years. Do you think that there is now maybe some sentiment to relook at Medicaid expansion or some so. type of expansion? that offers people coverage? Yeah, I hope so. And there's always the um, the conversation has to be around what works best for Mississippi. I think with the flag vote, there's a couple of things that showed me is it started off with conversations between just rank and file members and then went to the speaker and other leadership. So I think when rank and file members can get together and work on issues and talk about these things, we can come up with solutions. Um, the problem has been just the politics at the top not allowing that space to happen. And it happened with the flag, and it worked, it way, worked its way through. Um, that could happen with Medicaid expansion and a lot of other issues in our state if if we were allowed the space to actually talk and work together. Let's talk about the American Civil Liberties Union. What do you want to do there? What can you do there that you can't do in the legislature? There are a lot of pathways to impact change with ACLU uh, throughout the state. Uh, when you're talking about access to the ballot and reforming our prison systems, um, protecting rights of minority communities. Um, I love being in the legislature, but you are just one member. The legislature takes, you know, people working together as, a, as caucuses and, and bringing um, different voices together together. Um, I just think it's a it's it's different and it's just another um, larger opportunity to be able to do that and still have impact at the legislature uh, just from a, a different vantage point. Well, what did your house colleagues say to you when you broke the news? <laughs> it was a mixture of um, I wouldn't say anger, but just you know, not anger, <laughs> but you know, disappointment, but understanding that this was an opportunity that. Um, they were happy to see me have, but also um, a number of my members did mention to me that they were sad to see me go. So um, that's a humbling experience to, um, to have members tell you that. So um, it's, it's been a bittersweet couple of days um, to have that conversation with folks that you really admire and some of the older members like Percy Watson and Willie Bailey that are, um, I think any legislator who comes to the Capitol should spend some time trying to get to know those two and hearing their stories. So it, it's been a humbling experience the last couple, last few days to talk with them and to um, talk with them about what's next for me. Okay, well, Jarvis Dorch, the new executive director of the ACLU of Mississippi. Thank you so much. Congratulations on your new post. And uh, I'm sure the legislature, as you said, regrets to see you go. But onward to new challenges, right? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Coming up, we examine what comes after the flag change with the Mississippi Center for Justice. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. 
Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The retiring of the 1894 state flag adorned with the Confederate battle emblem was a celebrated move for many advocates of social justice and equality. For the Mississippi Center for Justice, it marked a step in the right direction for more needed change. But as President and CEO Vangela Wade tells us, there's still more work to do. I see it as a significant step in that direction. I see the, the, the emblem on the flag certainly as a uh, uh, symbol of hate. So I see the flag, the removing of the flag, uh, particularly in the way that it was done by the concerted effort across racial and party lines in our legislature. I see it as a significant step of people in Mississippi, those in leadership positions, finally recognizing and giving voice to the fact that we do need to move ahead, move forward uh, on behalf of the, the, the people in this, in, in this state. What is the next natural step in moving forward? The next step is to start looking at those issues that impact uh, our, our citizens across this state uh, with regards to health care. Uh, you know, we've got to look at the fact that almost – uh, you know, well, over 600,000 folk uh, in Mississippi are without health care and probably more as a result of COVID-19. Uh, also, we need to look at the uh, food deserts we have across this state uh, with, you know, creating food insecurity for one in five Mississippians, uh, one in four of our children uh, living in places with lack of uh, grocery stores, adequate grocery, fresh foods. Uh, so I think once we start looking, once our leadership starts to look at those issues that really impact people where they live on a daily basis, that's where the rubber beats the road. And I believe that what most Mississippians want is to live a, a, a good life where they are making a living wage, above a living wage, that will allow them uh, to live in decent housing allow them to have health care and where they cannot uh, because we don't have adequate wage base, then the state will expand Medicaid to cover those persons to ensure that uh, we no longer fall to diseases and situations such as COVID where we have the significant disparities between African-Americans and others within the state. Another significant move by Mississippi legislators happened the day after the action on the flag, and that is to repeal the 1890 constitutional provision that would um, provide House with the, with, the, with the House to the authority to choose uh, the winner for statewide office. And now that measure is a constitutional amendment that will go on the November ballot. Why is this such an important issue? Oh, that is significant because it does away, of course, with that two-tier election process that was, again, one of those, uh, one of those vestiges of, of oppression uh, uh, and intended systemic to set up a system of discrimination and oppression focused primarily at African Americans. So 
you know, with removing that, then we can have a more sure system of one man, one vote to elect our uh, officials, to, to elect our leaders, our governors, for, for, for instance. Do you think that the Black Lives Matter movement was instrumental in the flag removal? Did it become a business decision because of corporations and organizations saying they would boycott the state? What's your feeling on that? Uh, is there a, a, a blank or a box for me to, to, to mark all of the above? I, I would <laughs> say that it was, it, it was a, this was the perfect storm. Of, of course, unfortunately, spurred on by, you know, the killing of Mr. George Floyd and uh, Mr. Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and a host of others and people finally saying enough is enough. Uh, so that, along with, of, of course, our uh, the Mississippi, the business community and I'm and also our education community led by our uh, higher education, the, the coaches. Uh, athletic directors, I, I think our religious uh, groups and institutions around the state finally coming together to say uh, enough is enough. Mangela Wade is the president and CEO of the Mississippi Center for Justice. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Coming up, the role the Mississippi Economic Council will play in presenting the new flag design for voters. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. This is Mississippi Edition. I'm Karen Brown. In November, voters will get an up or down vote on a design for a new state banner. That design, approved for public vote by the legislature, will be developed and presented by a nine-person commission. One stipulation of the bill that retired the 1894 flag was that a member of the Mississippi Economic Council be represented on the commission charged with designing the new flag. In part two of our three-part series, President and CEO Scott Waller tells our Kobe Vance what it means for his organization to be a part of this endeavor. I think it's honored that our organization has is, is, is been listed as one of the ones that, that the legislature believes uh, should be part of this process. I mean, we have we have long held a position of, of, of needing a, a state flag that is much more representative of our of our people, of our state. And, you know, it's uh, the nine-member commission will be charged with we're trying to find that effort. It's sort of the first step in beginning to unify us as a state, and I think that's where uh, this is so important. And, you know, as, as we look at this, it, it's a case of making sure our state is put in the best light, and I think that's where all of this really has come uh, from, you know, in the in the last 20-some-odd years that since the, the original referendum MEC has still believed that this needed to happen. Uh, it's it long supported those who, who felt that way, and there's been a lot of a lot of people through the years that have, that have worked to see this happen. What would you like to see in the next state flag? You know, 
I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't even had a chance to think <laughs> to think beyond uh, the, the the fight to remove the current flag or the, the, the effort to remove the current flag. I, I've said from day one, MEC's position has always been we need a new state flag. I mean, we we had we had put together uh, an alternative flag that many of our businesses were flying that really just included the state seal simply because it was a it was a recognized official symbol of the state of Mississippi. Uh, I know there's a couple of other alternatives that have been been put out, and I've seen uh, you know a lot a lot of suggestions over the last few days uh, on social media of what it should look like. So I think that I think the commission is going to have a very tough. Uh, you know, a tough task in front of them, but I think it's one that they'll be up for the challenge. And, and quite frankly, it's it just can create a wonderful opportunity for our state. Do you think this is going to make more opportunity for uh, Mississippi to grow economically? I, I truly believe it, it will. And the reason I say that is, you know, in, in, in part of our efforts in this, we, we spend a lot of time uh, talking with our economic developers, talking with the, the groups that that are impacted, if you might want to call it, on the front lines of trying to recruit companies. And they tell us this this is a true impediment. This is something that other states have used against us when we're competing for, for economic development projects. But more importantly, what it's going to do is, you know, the longer this would have would have been, you know, out there, more and more companies that, that are here in Mississippi as they, they have to make decisions about where they're going to expand, where they're going to you know, locate uh, certain certain things, this was something that would possibly have been in, put those companies in jeopardy. And I, I just, it just, it, it was such a historic moment that I don't think we've really had time to totally reflect on what it's going to mean. But I think there is an opportunity ahead of us now, just as the opportunity was there to uh, change the flag and we were able to see that opportunity. I think there's now a true opportunity now to use this to our advantage and begin to build on creating a new image for our state and one that people understand because as many people have said, when people come to Mississippi for the first time, they then get a different impression of what those outside the state tend to think of us before they get here. And I think that's where we now have the opportunity to get more people here to see what we're really about, to see what type of, of people we really are that we we care. We, we're hospitable. We you know, we really do have a, you know, you know that kind of that that effort of wanting to work together for for the good, and, and that's really the big opportunity that's now in front of us. So making sure we take advantage of that is going to be our our number one goal going forward. Um, what do you think this can mean for businesses um, being able to fly a brand new flag that represents all of Mississippi? I think that a lot of businesses are going to be just you know, be excited about having that opportunity because right now a lot of them either are not flying a flag or either are flying, you know, as I said, one of the alternative flags that are out there. And, and this way now we can be united under uh, under a single banner, and it matters. I mean, it's, I know it's just a piece of cloth, but at the end of the day it's represented as a symbol of who we are and what we are, and I think our businesses are looking forward to being able to, to fly a single flag. It represents the state of Mississippi.
Scott Waller is president and CEO of the Mississippi Economic Council. While voters wait on a new design, the 1894 flag is flying off the shelves of flag stores. Brenda McIntyre owns and operates Complete Flag Source in Jackson. She tells our Ashley Norwood, customers want a piece of history. We have not counted, but uh, we just got in a huge order of about... um, We got in 400 flags, 200 went to the state of Mississippi. They had pre-ordered some before all of this happened. And so they got 200 and we got 200 and we're close to have selling all of those. All of our other sizes that were on the shelf are close to being gone, but we've just heard from our suppliers and we will be restocking very soon. So we will keep the, um, the, the 1896 flag will be a stock flag for us for, forever. It's a historic Mississippi flag now. And so, and then we will um, wait, of course, until the new flag is designed, and then we'll have that flag on the shelf too. So it's safe to say you've sold a couple hundreds. Yes. Or, or more, yes. Yeah. yeah. What's been the mood like for some of your customers who have come in to buy the, the flag that is retired? They're anxious to know, they're excited to know that we have the flag to buy. That's the biggest thing. Some have been worried that they would not be able to find a flag, and that's not the case. So that's been, so they're anxious to get one and to be able to take it home. A lot of them are taking them for, um, to have as a historical uh, flag to keep. To show their children, to explain, you know, to have as an explanation, and we have that across the board. So a lot of the flags are going to be used for uh, memories. Brenda McIntyre with Complete Flag Source in Jackson. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.